0: Oftentimes, girls are kind of unknowingly being taught that what they look like matters, and and then it doesn't help that if our mothers are doing the same thing—they're constantly dieting, constantly talking about how fat they are, or even just doing doing things like pinching their fat or saying like, "Oh, I wish I was a different size," or like, "Oh, I have such a big butt," or whatever it might be. Mm. The little the little us is watching, and so unknowingly our subconscious that's going to drive the that's going to drive our behaviors for the rest of our lives unless we deal with that Mm. and a lot of us are unknowingly making decisions and forming habits and behaviors that are being driven by that little child that wants acceptance that doesn't want to be rejected because she's not pretty or (laughs) she Mm. you know doesn't have you know she's not the, the size or the shape that somebody wants and so we kind of idealize the people that are being praised in society for being pretty and being beautiful and all the things that we were told and then we say like I want my body to look like that because then if I look like that I will be accepted and will never be rejected. Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way.
1: I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturday, creator of Pro-Metabolic Food Supplements and skincare, which will be out very, very, very soon. I know I say that every episode. So today I'm super excited to have Jess Ash Wellness back on the podcast. So I had her on, oh God, it probably would have been sometime last year or the year before. It was one of the very early um, podcasts. And if you don't follow Jess, I highly recommend following her. She's absolutely amazing. She is a wealth of knowledge. And she just has this amazing ability to, I think, um, communicate complex topics and subjects in a way that's really super easy to understand. And her program um, has just helped thousands and thousands of, of women. So I highly recommend uh, following her and she actually has a new course coming out that's all focused around digestion. So I'm super excited about that um, that course. And she talks about that briefly on the podcast. So in this episode, we, you know, address some of the reasons why you may not be making progress on a pro-metabolic um. I guess, approach uh, and Jess really dives deep into the effect that emotional stress uh, can have on the body and some of the things that she has done um, over the last year or year and a half, which I think a lot of women could benefit from. So some of the things that we talk about is how and why focusing on just your appearance doesn't usually work and how you can actually accept yourself while you're trying to change uh, things, why so many women end up with metabolic issues, how long does this process take? And while there's no specific time, it definitely takes more than 12 weeks. I think, you know, a lot of women, if you are like me, I did crazy restrictive diets for 17 years, so you can't undo that. In a matter of weeks or months, why quick fixes and diets don't work, why food tracking plays such a crucial role. Um, you know, going through the learning process with pro metabolic eating, dealing with chronic and emotional stress. She talks a bit about green vegetables and digestibility, which I think will be fascinating to a lot of women, especially if they're new here. You're probably like me and you're you know, down a ton of green vegetables at every meal, and then why pro metabolic eating isn't a diet. So I hope you love this episode as much as I did. And as always, please uh, give the actual episode a rating and a review. So if you've given us a review in the past, you can review episodes as many times as you like. And for extra bonus points, take a screenshot of the review before you post it um, and share it on Instagram stories and tag me at K-I-T-T-Y-B-L-O-M-F-I-E-L-D. And each month I pick a winner or I pick someone who's uh, shared a review on Instagram and you get a free tub of saturate Premium Collagen. So that's it. And let's get into the episode. Hi, Jess. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Kitty. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, the amazing Jess Ash Wellness. Uh, she's been on the podcast before, and I'm sure if you're listening to this, you will follow her already. And if you don't follow her, follow her. She is amazing. She is so knowledgeable. And, you know, Craig and I were talking about this a few days ago saying you know when we very first started there was just no one else doing this and you know it's so great now to have so many people really pushing the same message it really helps us and I think helps us cement things with our clients and often I'll send clients to your resources like she's got a great YouTube channel get on there and have a listen Um, but yeah you just so you articulate things so well
0: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I think I try to teach in a way that I wish I had somebody just like oversimplify everything Mm -hmm. for me so that I could just take action because Mm. nobody, nobody helped me uh, in that way. And I, I want to make it easier.
1: Mm. And it's just so like the, you know, often Jess will share results from her program and, you know, just seeing some of the incredible things that women are achieving you know, just better health and loving their bodies again and being free from that, you know, food obsession. And we just had such a great, which always with the podcast I guess I usually crap on for an hour before we <laughs> get on the bloody podcast. And uh, part of what we will talk about today, because I think that it's so important too, and Jess was just sharing, you know, some of her journey and the deep work that she's done. And I was just, yeah crapping on about the whole baby thing which I'm actually going to record an update podcast on because lots of people have been messaging "Oh, where you're at what's happening you know like yeah. <laughs> so I'll just record one but you know the emotional side to this you know like it's I feel like it's so much more than it's just training and nutrition
0: oh yeah Oh, yeah. I mean, it goes deep into and people talk about mindset all the time. Mm. But I think like mindset's kind of like a cheap way of just overlooking a huge part mm. of why why we've gotten to the places that we've gotten oftentimes, like what's driving our behaviors and what's stopping us from taking the steps that we want. Because I think sometimes we're really frustrated at ourselves. Like, why can't you just exercise or Why Mm. can't you just eat regularly? Why do you keep missing your snack? Or, you know, why, Mm. (laughs) why can't you cook batch, cook some protein? So you have lunch tomorrow. Mm. And I think sometimes we get down on ourselves or we're frustrated and, you know, people will often say like, well, your mindset just needs to be better. But it's kind of like, what does that mean? Like Mm. (laughs) there is a root cause to what's driving our behaviors. And Mm. I think it's oftentimes like overlooked and um, needs a lot of like self-compassion.
1: Mm, I so agree with that. And and I see it because we've worked with literally thousands of women and you see the ones that come in and like really roll with it and they get these incredible results. And I see some of our the, the most amazing transformations. They've really had to dig deep. Like I got this message mm-hmm. from this beautiful client, Shan. She's been in our program for like three years and she was mm-hmm. like close to nine. I'm just talking about a physical transformation first, but 98 kilos. She's like 72 kilos. She's gotten really strong. She just looks so healthy, like her skin glows, mm-hmm. but she's left her husband. Like, I'm not saying that everyone yeah. will be leaving their husband or, or something, yeah. you know, but she's had a lot of issues around like emotional issues with herself and her mm-hmm. husband. And she, you know, she sent me this great message last night. Um, these weren't her exact words, but just saying like, you know, she's out in the outback somewhere working on this cattle station and she's like, they just, she sent me this photo of this liver. They um, killed the cow and she watched them do it. Yeah. And she they do it really humanely and they gave her the liver um, so she could obviously eat it. And she was just talking about, she's so lovely. She's like, I just want to say thank you again. Yeah. You've know, really changed my life. And, you know, I just, I'm so happy now and I'm happy being myself and it's more so her like, the physical transformation obviously was awesome but it's just the emotional like her growth and I was like oh you've done the work I haven't really done anything we just gave you like some tools and things you're the one who really wanted to dig deep and get to that really painful stuff so that you could actually you know get to where you want to be now Mm -hmm. because it's so interesting you know some like say some women they just have these blocks you know like these emotional blocks as to why they can't commit and be um be consistent and you know, like, you've tried a lot of diets, hey, in the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And why, were you, like, I, I sort of we've gone off on a tangent now, because we had all of these things we wanted to talk about, but, like, you know, a lot of women, like, when they, like, I think back to what, what I was like, it was always a form of control. Like, I wanted to lose weight and restrict and punish myself. I um, I used to try all these drastic things. Like, I don't know if you were the same or you were just yeah wanting to lose weight or
0: yeah I think like sometimes we'll maybe convince ourselves it's wanting to lose weight but I think it's a lot more it's trying to control a body um, our body which we really can't control our body a lot of people think they can like they can control it and manipulate it but that's not actually how our relationship with our body is our body is responding to its environment and then it's processing things and doing things things accordingly. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us, because we're uncomfortable, whether it's emotionally uncomfortable or physically uncomfortable with our body, instead of coming, doing the work and coming to this place of self-acceptance and saying like, I want to take care of my body because I care for it. We try to just control it and hyper control it. And control is actually to me, a form of numbing yourself because you can really distract and not feel anything. Like the control really goes over everything else. Like if you feel sad, you just push yourself. If you feel, you know, mad, you push yourself. If you're afraid, you push yourself and you're actually really, it's a, it's a form of like distraction or numbing. And when you stop doing that, it can be really scary because you actually have to start feeling again and feeling is not always fun, especially if it's not the stuff that we want to feel. Like fear or shame, or just coming to uh, terms with you know the fact that we haven't treated ourselves very well for a long time, or we've let other people treat us a certain way, or whatever it might be. Um, uh, control is actually a safe, you know. Like a lot of us like to control things because it feels safe.
1: And hundred percent relate to that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I well, think we're talking about. <laughs>
1: And it's, it's, it is scary too, to admit as well. Yeah. You know, like, and say it out loud and, you know, like you say, you feel ashamed. I think a lot of people might feel ashamed. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, body image and, you know, obviously we, we, we probably see women, we were talking about the extremes ends of the scales, like the ones that are really tiny that have restricted. And then the ones obviously being underfed and undernourished and, you know, like you're just too lean is not healthy, but obviously holding, so much body fat is also not healthy right but we're always so focused on how we look and yes. you know you were talking about from a young age that was talk about that it was really interesting you know as kids women from a young age, young age were praised for how we look yep
0: yeah. it's like oh you're so cute or your dress is so so pretty, or that costume so awesome, or whatever it might be, your hair is so pretty, or um, oftentimes little girls are praised for how they look, whereas little boys are often praised for, like, oh, you're so strong, or you're so fast, or you're so powerful, or you're so big, you know, and they think that those attributes are important and good to focus on, and so I think a lot of us, and, and some of some of the times we are unknowingly doing that. Like, it's just a very cultural thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's important to know that oftentimes our behaviors from a very young age are driven by what we're observing, uh, you know, from really up until eight years old, what people are like at that during that time of our life we're just taking in everything and learning how to interact with the world we're new right <laughs> we're new to this place and so it's a foreign land we're learning how to interact and people what people are saying to us really does affect our perception of the world and oftentimes girls are kind of unknowingly being taught that what they look like matters. And then, and then it doesn't help that if our mothers are doing the same thing, they're constantly dieting, constantly talking about how fat they are, or even just doing, doing things like pinching their fat or saying like, Oh, I wish I was a different size or like, Oh, I have such a big butt or whatever it might be. The little, the little us is watching. And so unknowingly our subconscious that's going to drive the that's going to drive our behaviors for the rest of our lives unless we deal with that Mm. and a lot of us are unknowingly making decisions and forming habits and behaviors that are being driven by that little child that wants acceptance that doesn't want to be rejected because she's not pretty or (laughs) she Mm. you know doesn't have you know she's not the, the size or the shape that somebody wants and so we kind of Idealize the people that are being praised in society for being pretty and being beautiful and all the things that we were told. And then we say, like, I want my body to look like that because then if I look like that, I will be accepted and will never be rejected.
1: Mm. Yeah, I'm sure so many women would listen to this and just be going, wow, I can really relate to that. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, and it's, oh, I, and I'm, I'm not sure how to articulate this. You might be able to do it better than me, but you know, I, I, because Craig and I talk about this often, you know, I think there's nothing wrong with, you know, you want to improve your health and you want to improve your body. But if you're just so focused on, Mm -hmm. I want to look this way, it just never seems to work long-term. Like they'll lose the weight and they'll get to a point, but then they're still unhappy Mm -hmm. and they haven't really actually changed and changed their lifestyle, you know, like pre-metabolic eating, like it's not a diet, you know, like it's a way of living, isn't it? In a way, I think, Um, you know, and I, I look at some of our best transformations that, they've really, they've embraced the lifestyle, you know, they've wanted to be healthier and feel better. like sleep better. And they wanted to get stronger. And then naturally, you know, when they're consistent with those things, the fat does slowly come off.
0: Right. Right.
1: Um, But they weren't like, oh, I've just, I've got to get to this body fat. You know, they weren't. Yeah. I don't know. Does that make sense?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I always ask women, like, why are you so afraid to accept yourself as you are? Mm. why are you so afraid to accept yourself as you are? And I always see here, but I want to be, I want to lose body fat or, but it's healthy for me to lose body fat or, you know, X, Y, Z excuse. And it's like, That's okay. It's okay to want to lose body fat. Mm. It's okay to want to be healthier. It's okay to want to be a different, um, you know, a different, I don't want to say a different version of yourself. I hate that term, but more of like the a better version of yourself in the sense of like you have more muscle, you have a little bit less fat, and you find that healthy balance to where your body has found that safety and stability. Mm. But why are you so afraid to accept yourself as you are? It doesn't mean you you can never change. But if you're not willing to accept yourself now, what makes you ever think that you're going to be able to accept yourself when you, you know, get to your quote unquote dream body, Mm. you know, this thing. And I think a lot of us realize, um, at least the people like for me personally, when I got to that dream body, I wasn't happy. I wasn't satisfied. I looked in the mirror and still thought I was fat and Mm. I was so I was skinny. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I was not healthy. I was so skinny, but I literally looked in the mirror and thought I was fat. I was never good enough. And what I realize now is it's because I couldn't accept myself as I was. No amount of changing would ever make me accept myself. It wasn't about my outward appearance at all, ever. And this is why you see a lot of people who there, there are those people like you talked about who really do the work and they find just so much inner transformation as well as outward transformation. And then there's those people that are constantly fighting to lose weight and they gain it back, lose weight, gain it back. It feels like this constant battle with their body because they're just trying to change their outward appearance to kind of numb what needs to be fixed on an inner level. And it, that I think that's the biggest thing is, like, that's going to be the biggest game changer, the biggest difference between the two types of people.
1: Mm, yeah, because it's like you, so so much of the behaviors, I think, that get them to where they want to be, like, say, punishing behaviors. You know, you, I remember yeah. myself, like, I would eat and drink and starve myself and then, you know, binge eat. It was just this, like, trying to numb, constantly numb these feelings, you know. Right. Um, yeah, it's... um it is it so so i guess sorry we've gone off on a tangent we were like what are we going to talk about today but we 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 were going to talk about um, you know like troubleshooting like why am i why am i getting the results that i want we want to just first talk about that and i guess it's probably maybe we need to talk about well, what is the the result that you want initially like what is it the, right. the result that most exactly. women want um, do do you think like obviously a lot of women they want to feel better. They want to sleep better, have re- more regular periods, not be tired all the time. But I think so many just want to lose weight as well. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I like, and some women do need to lose fat, right? I hate, I don't even like using the word lose fat because you're yeah. not losing. It's not like, oh, where did you go? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like actively increase your metabolism so you're yeah. using your stored fuel. But, yeah it's kind of like, I think a lot of women don't even recognize that to do that. It's actually about growth. It's actually about mm. shifting and changing and becoming stronger, right? Mm. Coming, whether it's physically stronger and building muscle or becoming more metabolically stronger, right? Less, mm. less like metabolically adapted. You're, you're more, you're actually better at burning fuel. Mm. And a lot of women just because we're so uncomfortable with whether it's our size or ourselves, we just are obsessed with losing, losing, constantly losing a part of ourselves. We want to lose it, right? We want to get rid of it. We want to go, where did it go? But I want to like news flash. You actually can't lose a part of yourself. You have to actually use it to lose it. Mm. And just like you have to feel it to heal it. So no amount of numbing, it is going to fix the problem. Just like no amount of trying to, you know, restrict and lose is going to actually get you to where you want to go. Oftentimes women actually want to change change their body, which usually takes muscle growth and fat redistribution. And it's not about losing weight at all. That's not actually the goal, but they think it's the goal because it's being pounded and jammed down our throats from every direction. And it's been jammed down our throats since we were probably born,
1: honestly. Mm. Mm. Can you talk a bit about, yeah, totally, you are right. Um, can you talk a bit about why, uh, you know, like the women, when they've cycled through these diets for years and years and years, like what, so let's, some of the popular diets, fasting, right. keto, carnivore, why is it that they, you know, end up with all these metabolic issues? Can you talk about that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think like, first of all, they don't have the right goals. Just like you said, like their goals are wrong. Their goals are simply to lose weight. I think if they lose weight, they'll be happier. They'll be healthier. That's Mm -hmm. not really the goal. Um, If you just shifted your mindset to what you actually value, you probably would realize that even if you don't believe me now, (laughs) you agree with wanting really good, high quality sleep Mm -hmm. and clear and healthy skin and hair that grows and is not brittle and thin and um you know having a solid body temperature and having stable moods and having good digestion those are things that you probably want and you probably wouldn't be willing to sacrifice all those things to just lose weight but Mm -hmm. a lot of women like that (laughs) that's what they've decided so you know they're willing to do whatever it takes to lose weight because they're convinced that like they'll be happier or healthier when they do that. And so that's what, that's what drives them. But what ends up happening is they're doing things at their body's expense, whether they know it or they don't know it. But oftentimes the body's speaking to them. They'll say, why is my hair falling out? Why can't I sleep? Um, Why am I so bloated? Why is my period suck? Why did I lose my period? Those are all you know, all signs that you're cut, you're forcing your body to cut corners, Mm. but because your overarching goal is to lose weight. Well, you shouldn't care because if that's your only goal, well, losing weight by whatever means possible is going to equal all these health markers, possibly going downhill because all of those types of diets cause, Uh, cause what's called metabolic adaptation, meaning that your body gets more efficient at using fuel. And I know we think like, oh, efficient is good, but no, we don't want our body having to cut corners and having to decide what is necessary for survival and kind of putting everything else on the back burner. That's not actually what we want. We want our body using fuel very well and doing all the jobs it needs to do and and to have all the nutrients it needs to do those jobs properly. And what happens is these type of, like metabolically suppressive diets like keto, intermittent fasting, carnivore, all these diets in different ways are going to cause a metabolic adaptation. And whether you see that metabolic adaptation in two months from now, or two years from now, is just really
1: depending on like what your history and where you started from. Mm, cause I get a lot of comments on posts. Like, I don't know, fasting seems to be like, I just get lots of, co- what do you think about fasting? And like, Oh, I feel, I feel really good. I do these fasts and I feel really good. I'm like, well, you feel good now. If you're good now, what about in five years, ten years, you know? I think it just makes so much sense. You know, like I remember when I first found Ray's work and Emma and, you know, just talking about, like, you know, your body needs a certain amount of energy to thrive, basically. And If, you you know, I'm just pulling a number out of my ass here. If you need 2,200 calories and you need these nutrients to, you know, function and just thrive, if you are eating under that and drastically under that, it's not like you just fall over and die, you know, right. like, like when you drive your car across the other side of Australia and you only put half a tank of fuel in, it doesn't just stop. It starts to break, your, break itself down. And if you do this over years and years, like I saw too, you know, I did it for so long that it just, the issues just get worse and worse. Right. And you're just trapped in this cycle, like you say, because you're so just hanging on to this. I wanna be skinny. Right. Feel happy when I'm skinny.
0: Right. And I think like even the people that ask those questions, like intermittent fasting, I mean, I don't have all day to have conversations with them, but a lot of times when you get down to it, like, you know, when I've worked with clients one-on-one or, um, you have conversations with people, they're often already not doing well, but because they only value weight loss, they're not realizing they're not doing well because when you only value becoming smaller, everything else is going to just be like kind of swept under the rug, like, Oh, I'm not sleeping well, but I'm losing weight oh my periods have been kind of bad but I'm losing weight you know and I think that that's like that's the problem is um a lot of people say like well it hasn't caught up to me yet and it usually has (laughs) it usually uh has caught up to them but they're just not recognizing it
1: Mm. yeah I think because you get so used to feeling like that and also too because it's sort of the norm you know like you go to a doctor and they're like oh it's just normal to have like pms and she should have like oh you 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 don't really realize it's you know when i used to drink a lot i just got so used to drinking and feeling the way i felt that i didn't know what it felt like to feel good so that was that was just the norm for me um and can you talk about jess because i know you know like and i see this with women because obviously we're so used to instant gratification and quick results you know you cut the calories and you lose weight so it's quick so why is it important for many women if they've, if they've, you know, done these crazy diets for years and years and they're very depleted and they've got all of these, you know, hormonal imbalances and metabolic, you know, um, issues, why might it be important for them to say, you know, not, I also want to put this out there, not all women gain weight, like they right. don't all gain body fat, you know, but why might it be important to at least, you know, maybe maintain your weight, need it, maintenance calories for a while or for so some women to gain a bit of weight initially?
0: Yeah. So I think a lot of women who are are living in a long-term deficit. Mm -hmm. So if you're living in a long-term deficit, that metabolic adaptation has taken place. Your body has been cutting corners for a really long time out of just survival, the need to survive. And so the first order of business is to get, yourself up to maintenance calories and be able to use those maintenance calories. And I think a lot of people just expect the body to work like magic. Like why doesn't my body just do what I want it to do? And Mm. it's like it does everything it's doing for a very specific purpose. And it's much wiser than you are, probably (laughs) for the most part. And so um it's important to kind of remember that the first order of business is just to be able to eat the amount of calories that your body needs in a day to function and not gain a bunch of weight because of it. Because if if your body's just pushing all that fuel into storage, then that shows you your body's not actually using fuel very efficiently. And so you want to make sure that you get up to a place of maintenance before you ever try to force your body to tap into its own fat stores. Mm -hmm. Because if you're just if you're just um if you stay in a deficit, you're going to have a really hard time getting your body to feel safe enough to burn stored fuel. It's going to really want to hang on to that. So mm-hmm. I always say like it's kind of like deciding if you want to swim upstream like swim in a river upstream or if you want to actually swim with the, the flow of the river. Like mm-hmm. losing fat once you've what quote unquote healed your metabolism or mm-hmm. restored metabolic function to it, its most efficient efficient place or optimal place is going to be a lot easier than losing fat when your metabolism is is telling every single
1: cell in your body to slow down Mm. Mm. and I think you know it's sometimes it's a hard pill to swallow to go like if I look at and well I say physical and best health transformations it's taken 18 months for them to get there you know like um actually Mel was talking to me yesterday about a client um and she's just chipped away in the background she's lost 46 kilos over like yeah. nearly two years she's been in the program so it's just that slow steady um fat loss you know she's just been consistent um but it can be a hard thing to swallow I think when you are so used to doing it quick you're like oh what do you mean I'm not going to get there in 12 weeks you know right. we I'll bet
0: you that yeah. that lady will never gain it back mm. you know what I mean like she'll never gain that that weight back
1: <laughs> mm. Mm. She's
0: relearned. She's completely changed her behaviors, her patterns, her habits. She's created a sustainable lifestyle that's gotten her a year. And she's not going to feel the need to go, you know, once her diet's over, go just binge. Um, And her metabolism wasn't destroyed in the process. So she's not mm. going to gain all that weight back. Like she's going to continue this for probably the rest of her life.
1: Yeah. And I think you nailed it there. It's not because it's not a diet, is it? It's not a like yeah. another trendy diet. It's a way of living. you know, and so much, like, I think a lot of it too, like, so you've got to do the emotional work, but creating those um, better habits, you know, lifestyle habits and setting yourself up to be consistent. And how can you do that? Um, You know, like we, we, I see it so much with clients in our program, like they just really nail the basics, you know, they don't take a ton of supplements, they eat liver and oysters and carrot salad and they eat consistently. And, you know, they, like you say, eat every three to four hours and they prep their food every week and they really enjoy strength training, um, and over time, their health and their body, um, their body changes. And what do you think? Um, like one area where I see women, I think probably go wrong is well, not, it's not that it's wrong. I should say because there's no wrong. But yeah. I think if you're really concerned about weight gain or fat gain, mm. is that they just increase their calories too quickly? Like they might go yeah. from eating like twelve hundred and really low carbs to eating like you know twenty two hundred, and they're eating heaps of you know, ice cream and cheese and all of these carbs. And they just stack this weight on quickly. Do you you see that too? Yeah,
0: because think about it. We've gotten, we're metabolically adapted. So we're trying to conserve as much energy as possible because we're eating, you know, some I've seen women being eating as low as like 600 calories a day. And think about a body that's learned to continue to survive on that amount of food. (laughs) And then you all of a sudden just, increase to 2000 calories or 3000 calories, your body doesn't even know how to use that fuel. It's not even going to know how to use 1200 calories. And so, yeah, you do need to get up to maintenance, which is probably around 2000 calories, 2200 calories. But if you try to get there too fast, you're not going to maintain your weight because you're not actually burning that fuel yet. Um, And so you have to let your body adapt to some extra fuel over time. And that's why it's so important to go slow. And I don't know how many times I tell people to go slow. Like I literally tell everyone to go slow. And I also say like, you know, don't go overboard with the fat on top of the carbs and the protein, because I know nutrient dense foods do have often have a lot of fat. And so you have to be a little bit nifty Mm -hmm. about, you know, remembering that just because butter is good doesn't mean you don't need to plop half a stick into your food. And I think that's the biggest mistake people make is they're just like, Oh, butter good, you know, (laughs) and therefore eat tons of of whatever it is. Mm. And it, what happens is they, their body's just not adapt has adapted to using. So, so little fuel that all this increase just starts to be pushed into storage. Mm. And so, you know, I, I can t- like, most people like to fight on the macros thing They like to say like, well, can I like not gain weight and not count macros? And it's like, yeah, it's possible. I mean, you just have to take it really slow and like guess your way there, but it's a good idea to just know where you're at. And so you can kind of make some empowered decisions as you go. You don't need to track every day, but maybe check in like once a week on what you're regularly eating and just making sure you're not, you know, eating 4,000 calories. I, I actually heard a story the other day where, um, two girls had started, pro-metabolic eating. And they went from eating, I think like around a thousand calories. And then they start, they gained, you know, I think they gained like 50 pounds, which is probably like 20 kilos in three to six months. And they're, they were like, I don't know what we're doing wrong. And of course they like to like blame, (laughs) blame you like pro-metabolic doesn't work, you know? And um, they finally, I was like, you have to be checking in with your macros. Like, if you're not sure what's going on. That's mm. the first place to start. Like check in and mm. sure enough, they were eating hundreds of grams of fat per day and upwards of like 4,000 or 5,000 calories from uh, and mostly, <laughs> yeah, like mostly <laughs> from fat. Like, I don't even, I mean, I don't even know a, a male athlete that could be able to tolerate that. Much. Maybe, you know, um, sure. unless it's like, it works out really hard, but see a lot of times people are just not understanding. They're thinking like, Oh, I'm eating pro-metabolic I'm eating pro-metabolic foods. So why don't, am I not making progress? And it's like, Well, you have to understand where are you coming from? Most of us are coming from restrictive diets, really Mm -hmm. poor behaviors, poor habits. We don't even know half the stuff that we're doing. Um, Most of us don't even know what it looks like to get enough protein in a day. Most Mm -hmm. of us don't know what, you know, 15 grams of fat looks like from butter. We have no idea. Mm -hmm. And so how can you expect yourself to make any progress when you have no idea? Like none.
1: (laughs) no idea <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't agree with you more because we like craig and i talk about this a lot too and i feel you know like women you will people will know me if they've listened to me and like i just think you gotta take ownership like you've really gotta yeah. you know you can't like you say if you don't track how do you know like yeah. somebody will message me too and go oh, i just don't want to track and i'm or this is happening and i'm like or i am or or the women who are really underweight i am eating enough i can't gain weight i'm like Well, "Are you tracking your food no right. well how do you know yeah. yeah, you don't know. You actually don't know, and it, it is. I think if you can shift your mindset around, because I always used to really um, associate tracking with restriction. But right. then when I moved to program eating, I was like, "Okay, hey, this is about um, optimization, and this is about fueling my body and building." Like I wanted to build and get stronger, and it became, you know, it wasn't I didn't have this sort of negative connotation with 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 the tracking. But you're so right. Like I, we, we Craig and I talk about it all the time about, you know, I think the healing pounds that you talk about. Yes, yeah, some, some women do need to to gain. Like if, you, if you're if you really small and you're low body fat and you're low body weight, like like I was 62 kilos and I'm five foot eight, like I'm relatively tall and I really had to starve myself to maintain that. You know, and I'm now 70, wow. 69, 70 kilos. So like, yes, yeah, so I, I gain muscle obviously as well, you know. And then I think okay. the opposite end of the scale that the women, like we have women that have lost a lot of weight and they've just been, Eating in a small calorie deficit because they were restricting, and then they would go and binge eat. Right. And they're like, Oh, I'm not binging that much. But then when they put all the food in, they're like, Oh, it's so many calories and it's like pufers, lots of right. vegetable oils and stuff. So I think, yeah, the tracking right. is such a, it's such a, and I see it all the time with women in our program and they're sort of funny about it and they're not being consistent. They don't want to track. And then all of a sudden, I know some, the coach gets through them and they, they, they start to be consistent. And the more consistent they are, the more they can eat and right. maintain a leaner body because they're just it's that consistency so I think maybe sometimes women have to be honest with themselves yep just track think, it.
0: yeah and I think sometimes we um, have like this idea that like oh that's so hard like so hard <laughs> to weigh your food and it's so hard yeah. to track your macros but then here you are like saying like
1: oh but i have all these problems and yeah. i don't know the answer. and i'm so bad and like i've gained all this weight and i don't want i don't know what i'm doing wrong yeah <laughs> and you're
0: spending hours googling and spending yeah. hours worrying about yeah. all your problems and i'm like it's it, it will probably take you like 20 minutes to track macros per day actually have your answers like your answers will be there
1: <laughs> oh i know and it's really so weird. because yeah. it's, it's those, those basics, basics right like doing yeah. those basic things. And we, you would see it all the time with your clients, you know, like, I mean, some people obviously need to dig a bit deeper. I'm not saying that everyone, yeah. but it, everyone, you know, like if they just, yeah, if you shift your mindset around the tracking, you prepare a bit in advance and make it easier for yourself, it can just really just give you so much insight as to maybe why you're not getting to where you want to be.
0: Right. And it's, I, I treat it as kind of like a foundational thing. You mm-hmm. want to make sure your first step is getting enough of what you need day after day on a consistent basis. And if that's not happening, nothing else you're doing is going to help, help you feel better. So mm-hmm. that's really what it's about. Um, it maybe isn't everything, but it's foundational because mm-hmm. let's say you're doing everything. You're taking all the supplements, you're getting plenty of sleep, you're getting sunlight, but let's say you're missing 40 grams of protein protein from your day Mm. that you need. Then you're going to be every day. You're going to be like, I don't know why I don't feel so good. I don't know why I'm not detoxifying. Well, I don't know why I have PMS. And it's because you don't have 40 grams of protein. You're doing all this work, all these things, but you're under eating on protein. And that to me is like such a simple thing that could be fixed. And makes such a big difference. And so, you know, it, macros and making sure you have a good balance of macronutrients and tracking and just having an idea of where you're at is not everything, but it can be such an amazing tool for so many people.
1: Mm, and it's like, it's the foundation, like you say, getting adequate protein, you know, right. maybe you're eating too much fat, way too much fat. And I think sometimes women think that, oh, they're just going to eat all this pro-metabolic food and suddenly the metabolism is just going to be like, oh, super revved then they're going to be able to eat, you know, like so much food. And right. I think you know, like you say, like, it obviously depends on your um activity levels and amount of muscle, but even if you're like quite active and you, and your strength training, you know, like you still don't need 5,000 calories or 4,000 calories or like you're going to gain weight. Like, I think they think they can eat so much food and like you say so much fat and they're just going to like, right. it's going to magically happen. I don't know.
0: Right. Yeah, I I think too, especially when you come from a place of restriction, I try to have compassion because I know a lot of times like people are coming from such a place of restriction. So they're like, okay, I get to have all the things. I think sometimes for a people's mental state, like where they're at mentally, they sometimes just need that letting go. Like that letting go is so healing for them for a couple of months. But then like, once you're done with that, like that, and you've kind of gotten over all your humps, like, okay, it is time to make sure you're hitting all your needs because if you start hitting, hitting a wall, um, you can actually start to really feel down on yourself too. Like, what am I doing wrong? Oh no, like, did I make a bad decision? And it's like, no, you're just in the journey. But now it's time to like, you've done a little bit of letting go, a little bit of healing work. So now check in and make sure your body's getting enough of what it needs in the right amounts and the right um, consistent increments.
1: Mm. Cause I think too, you know, like once you get to that good spot where you're feeling good and sleeping well and your your maintenance calories are above 2000, you know, it's like, women in our program who might do a fat loss phase, like they might build muscle for a while and then they don't have to be in a huge deficit. You know, it's just that small, small deficit, strength training, walking over time. It's just a gradual, it's gradual and sustainable. Um, you know, and I think you just have to shift your headspace away from anything that's quick. I think you've just got to accept, like it just became so much easier for me when I accepted it's like, it. was like acceptance that this is not, I can't get there quickly.
0: Like right. and treat it as like a journey a little bit, like mm-hmm. curiosity. You're not going to learn something overnight. And this is a learning process as much as it is like an experience, like your body's having to shift and change. You're also having to shift and change your behaviors. Um, You're going to constantly be learning different things and like implementing um, little tips and tricks along the way. And so it needs like that, that kind of stuff takes time. Like nothing great (laughs) is built overnight. Mm. And we know this, we like logically know it but it's so hard for us to accept when it comes to ourselves like we want that overnight fix
1: Mm -hmm. what are some other areas that you see common like common areas where women sort of you know go wrong or not it's not wrong isn't the right word but there's sort of those troubleshooting where you're sort of common things that come up
0: yeah I think like the biggest two that come to mind are like dealing with their stress emotional stress like what are the factors that are driving their behaviors. Cause sometimes we'll say like, you know, we're hitting all the nutrition, we're hitting all this. And like, why is it not working? Like I'm doing all the right things. Why is it not working? But we're still like saying yes to everyone, hanging out with people that we hate hanging out with the people that like tear us down um in a job that we hate like there's just so many emotional factors that are just continuously like driving our stress all day all night and we think that that's not affecting our cells like of course it's affecting our metabolism and sometimes it's affecting us more than the food ever was and so no amount of food is going to lower the stress from those types of stressors and so a lot of women when they're in that state will often say like well I can't change anything and like, that should show you that first, if you have that trigger response, of like, well, I'm a mom and I have three kids and I cannot change anything in my life. You know, that should show you that, you know, there are things that you can do to change a little bit. Now I'm not stop being a mom, but I'm saying that you can ask for help. Um, You can have hard conversations with your partner and say, Hey, you know what, can you spend some time with the kids at this time? I need some time to myself. Just those little things that can be really hard to overcome, but sometimes they're the most important things we can do for our health. And then I think minerals are another big one that people are sometimes forgetting or overlooking or just saying like, oh, that's like a little thing over there. And it's like, if you don't have enough magnesium, you're not focusing on your sodium and potassium, you're not hitting that calcium, you're not getting trace minerals in and you're really iron overloaded, just meaning like you've gone ham with all the iron fortified foods Um those things need to be dealt with. Like you got to get those nutrients in and usually that's enough. And then sometimes like people need a little bit, a little bit more support. Like they're really not focusing on those nutrient dense foods enough, like liver and oysters and getting those gelatinous meats in. They're kind of, I sometimes see people like macros are great, but they're so hyper-focused on the macros that they're forgetting the micros. Mm. (laughs) And those are, are really important, especially for women. I find that like are a little bit older, like 40s 50s um, because think about it if you've gone through a lot of yo-yo dieting a lot of stress in your lifetime all that increases your mineral spend or or your mineral burn rate and so women around the 40s 50s and even 60s are often really just minerally uh,
1: depleted and they really are hurting for those minerals and they need to work to replenish them. Mm, I really like that too talking about the stress because I think like you can put all of this, these nutrients into this energy, but if you've got this bucket that's constantly leaking, it's like you just never, n- nothing ever changes. Um, and, you know, you and I were talking about it, the whole baby making, you know, trying my just being so focused, goal focused and I have to control this. I just went on this bloody gradual decline, you know, in the last three months, even though I wasn't even training, my period was the worst it's been in years, you know, like waking up multiple times during that, night, even though on paper it's like I'm doing everything. I'm eating heaps of food, I'm getting sun, I've lowered my training load, you know, um, but the emotional stress that I was putting on my body, and it didn't matter what I put in, it was just leaking. And it's just, you know, I was actually thinking about it the other day, you know, I was like, oh, this is probably good that it's not good that it's happened to you, but it's really, now I can empathise with women and really Mm -hmm. see the impact of even if you're doing, like you say, these women that go, I'm doing everything. I'm so consistent, but there's this underlying stress, like chronic, because obviously like you're going to have stress in your life. Like you can't wrap yourself in cotton wool. Like some stress is good, but I think that chronic emotional or any sort of chronic ongoing stress, you need to address it, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's, especially if you just feel like you're constantly hitting a wall, You're never making progress. It's not because you're not doing the right things with nutrition. Like sometimes it's, you're doing all you can there and you have to, your body's telling you that there's more you need to deal with and it can't be swept under the rug any longer. So, yeah. I mean, if it's going on chronically, like sometimes it's just like, it needs to be addressed. And I always say like, sometimes lowering stress actually takes some work and some planning. It's not like you can quit your job tomorrow. You know, sometimes it actually takes you saying like, I, you know, I have to start doing this and this and this and this to get to that point. But sometimes just take starting to take those steps really gives you focus on like, oh, I'm actually gonna be out of this at some point. And sometimes we don't even realize how stressed we are. Like if we're feeling stressed, we are like most of the time, honestly, we don't even realize how stressed we are until we're out of it on the other side. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to, if you know, there are things that are just driving you, um, you know, driving your heart rate up, Mm. your, your thoughts are consumed by it. Um, you, you know, you're not sleeping well, those are things that are actively affecting your metabolism emotionally.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, like I, obviously know that but I really felt it you know to actually go through it and really feel it. I just have such so much more of an appreciation for for it and for women who are going through the same thing what a great lesson
0: (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely and sometimes like women were really good at um distracting from feelings or numbing from feelings so it's really important to allow ourselves to feel what we're feeling, but also know where that's coming from. And if we don't like, if we don't stop and take a, br- a breather for just one second and ask ourselves, like, where's that stemming from? What is that? Yeah. Um, sometimes we don't even, we won't even realize what it is that's stressing us out until we take a moment to, to ask ourselves.
1: Mm. And, you know, you can, I think sometimes it can seem like in the moment that i can't change it but you can can, you're right and you know even once you've actually made that decision and started to take some small steps even if you're not out of it it can you can feel less stress because you know that you're going to get there you know you're taking some action to actually change um your situation can we just go back and talk about because you sort of mentioned the minerals because people did ask Mm -hmm. about this um talk about the minerals what foods you can get them from and then if you were going to supplement any of them, what are the ones that you recommend?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So of course, like the regular nutrient dense food recommendations are really nutrient dense for this reason, they're rich in minerals. So like liver, um, oysters, and really all shellfish are great. So like prawns, we call them shrimp here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I know you guys, I know you guys call them prawns. Yes. <laughs> um, prawns. Any type, <laughs> any type of So,
1: um,
0: just oysters, but clams and, um, octopus and those types of things that you like to eat those things. Um, and then all types of organs, not just liver, you know, um, some people are like, I would never eat anything but liver, (laughs) but, uh, liver, uh, Pancreas, kidneys, all that stuff are really, really rich in minerals. And there are now, like, uh, I know that your supplement brand does the liver. There are brands that also do like other organs. Um, so there are ways to get it in without actually eating those foods, but those are just such mineral rich foods. Um, and then potassium is going to usually come from fruits. So, like, orange juice and all of your good fruits, making sure you're getting plenty. Um, and sodium, the greatest place to get that is just from sea salt, making sure Mm -hmm. you just salt your foods to taste. And the more you crave it, uh, usually, the more you need it. Um, and then magnesium, that one can be a tricky one to get because it came from the soil and it it came from natural spring water. And a lot of people are not consuming those things anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, if you have like locally grown greens, or, you know, the farmer that grew like certain greens in, and you know, that they cared about the soil, those can be like cooking some greens can be a great place to get magnesium if you trust the, the, the greens. But like sometimes grocery store greens don't work really well for people. Mm. Um, and I'm talking like collards, kale, cooked in fat, that's, that's a great place to get magnesium. Chocolate can be a decent source of magnesium and then milk, um, and dairy products. Do have like a wide variety of minerals in them as well? So those are kind of like in the pro metabolic space, those are going to be the kind of best place to get the minerals, just kind of eating the regular pro metabolic foods. They are really rich in minerals. Mm-hmm. So making sure you're getting a variety is going to help you. But if I was going to pick some things to supplement, it just really depends on where the person's coming from. So if somebody's coming. From a very stressful background, and they're somebody that's just really kind of burnt out, they might do well with adding in a little bit more potassium in the form of like just being really good about coconut water and cream of tartar can be a great place to get some extra potassium. Um, and then adding in magnesium supplementation can also be helpful just because it's such a hard mineral to get nowadays. And I really like the forms like magnesium glycinate and Mm -hmm. magnesium malate are really great bioavailable forms as well as magnesium bicarbonate, the bicarbonate water. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are ones that I would consider supplementing and then everything else I really do think that food is superior. Mm -hmm. Um, if you can. I mean, shilajit can be a great source of trace minerals, but really like food is king when it comes to nutrients. And I think that's why the pro-metabolic diet works so well is because it is very nutrient dense, very mineral dense. It's also very bioavailable. So the body can digest it. It doesn't have to work through a bunch of bulk um, to get what it needs. It's digesting and absorbing fairly quickly.
1: Mm, So that just made me think about like back to my dieting days when I'd just be eating all these green vegetables and nuts and seeds and thinking, oh, I was getting all these great nutrients.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like taking psyllium husk and like doing all these weird like non-foods, all of those things are going to impair nutrient absorption. So no wonder we're we're struggling.
1: (laughs) I just like, when I think back to it now, I'm like, they like raw almonds taste shit. They just taste (laughs) great. I'm like, and you know, like kale smoothies don't taste like you think about all the pro-metabolic foods, like they're quite delicious. Right. You Your know, tongue like, yeah. is
0: telling you yes. Yeah. Yes,
1: yes. Yeah. It's just it's just, just so interesting. Eh? Like I feel like like my when my she's dead now, <laughs> my grandma, but when we go to a house, you know, we'd, she'd cook eggs in butter and she'd have homemade bread and she'd actually squeeze oranges and drain the pulp and she'd have pawpaw trees and <coughs> she'd cut and banana trees and she'd cut up fruit for <coughs> us for breakfast and she'd make custard and ice cream and, you know, like she, I remember she'd cook these whole roasts and, like, I never really remember serving that much greens, only maybe like Brussels sprouts, but they'd be cooked in bacon fat. It cooked really well and like she would have a lot of parsnip and pumpkin and like you know she'd cook in lard and make gravy and it's just you know baking she'd bake things but they were very like just some flour and sugar and butter and like real it really has it's like it's just this old fashioned food hey
0: that's really what it is me and Libby Westcombe were talking about this the other day like Mm. uh, we really like to collect old cookbooks and when you look at cookbooks like that are older like from the 1920s 30s that's exactly how they cooked like you can't find a vegetable on site nuts and seeds where the hell would you have gotten those like there was no whole foods no health food stores like that it was it was literally just all traditional foods like you just described and so this is really how we're meant to eat like it's not anything
1: you know mind-blowing or controversial it's just people have gotten so far from eating real food mm. I think too like this like I well, I just know what I was like it was the sugar I was so brainwashed to thinking that sugar was so bad you know so I didn't drink dairy yeah. because it had sugar and I made my own almond milk and I you know would only eat blueberries because they were low in sugar so you know, I think, I don't know, do, do you feel like a lot of women right. are so brainwashed for the sugar?
0: Yeah, I think they're brainwashed. Just like people will say things like, yeah, milk has a lot of sugar, but then you look at it and it's like, I mean, it has some, but it's not a lot. (laughs) So it's just, yeah, there's a lot of brainwashing just from sugar. And the interesting thing is they use the same arguments. Like, you know, they'll say like a Western diet or a standard American diet is so bad for you. Mm And because of the sugar, you know, and it's like, no, it's not because of the sugar. Like (laughs) there's so much more junk. They're eating non foods. Whereas, Um, But I I just was brainwashed. Like I didn't even see those, that logical explanation. I just thought like sugar, fat, you know, (laughs) and once I saw the light, I was like, oh, like,
1: duh. (laughs) Oh, I know. It's just, it, 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 I actually sometimes think I'm like, how did I eat like that? Like my breakfast was like egg white omelets with yeah, yeah. spinach you know or like oats with protein powder and blueberries and water or almond milk and almond milk lattes and like boiled eggs with capsicum sticks but I'd eat the green ones because the red ones are too high in sugar like just get yeah. a shit like that you
0: know do you remember too like I used to remember when I first tried those foods like I I didn't like them they were gross right but you kind of like convince yourself that like everyone else is doing this so like Uh, yeah, it's fine. And then you begin to, because it's the only food you're providing, you start to crave those things. And you're like, Oh, this is so good. Like, mm, like almond milk tastes just like real milk. you know. (laughs) And then now when you go and taste those things, like occasionally you'll, you know, be exposed to it. You're just like, Oh, this is disgusting. Like this is not, does not taste like food at
1: all. And now you know
0: why kids like, Kids will go and drink almond milk and be like, you know,
1: (laughs) what is this? They eat vegetables, like green veggies, like broccoli. And, yeah, it's just so funny now. It's shifted away. Like people ask, well, you don't really seem like you eat a lot of greens anymore. I'm like, I just don't, I don't want to eat them, you know. Like if I went out we have a Thai curry and there's beans in it or, like, things in dishes, yeah, they're nice in the curry, but I don't, before I'd be like, I need to have a big serve of these green vegetables
0: on the side,
1: you know, every meal.
0: right for my nutrients and my fibers and like mm. it honestly is freeing though isn't it freeing like you don't have to eat those things if you wanted to you can yeah you want, but you don't really want to and so you don't force it
1: you know I just find too with clients like they come in and they say oh I really love green vegetables but then over time they just seem to naturally like not eat them anymore
0: yeah <laughs> that's what I was saying like people have gotten to a point where they've like adapted to where they like love these things and I'm like I don't think you really love that. <laughs> Cause I recently, I did like a really controversial post on salads and why like salads are, oh, I love meals.
1: that salad, that, so, so that was big. one
0: my most like controversial post And like, so many people were like, I love my salads. My salads were great for me. And like, it was so triggering for them. And it was just like, it's fine if you like love your salad, but usually what happens is over time, like even my fully nourished students will say like, I don't even like crave things like avocados anymore mm. where I used to need like to have
1: an avocado and a salad. Mm every day because it was like my life oh I know actually maybe can you just quickly talk about like because I often when women say to me like okay they'll say why don't you eat many green vegetables I'm like oh I just don't like them and they're like well why like what about the nutrients aren't you missing out on nutrients can you talk a bit about like green vegetables you know the digestibility the fiber the nutrients like talk about that because when when I first learned like I was like oh wow that actually makes so much sense You know, why have I been traveling in plates of these things for years?
0: Yeah, it's interesting because most people say like, oh, they're so healthy. They're so nutrient dense. But but yeah, really, when you look at leaves, they're mostly made of cellulose, which is an indigestible fiber that the the bacteria in your gut consume. Mm. And um, if you actually look at like the amount of greens you would need to eat to get something like folate, you know, the amount of folate you want from them, you're going to have to eat a huge bulk amount. Whereas remember that like ruminant animals like bison and beef are actually consuming pounds and pounds of these foods on a daily basis and absorbing and like breaking them down, absorbing them and assimilating them. And those nutrients are going to be in their tissues, Mm. in their meat, in their milk, um, in their organs. Like that's where they get their nutrients from. And they have specifically like three stomachs and something called a rumen that actually helps them digest and absorb these things properly. We don't have three stomachs. We don't have a rumen. And so we, um, that kind of bulk really does, um, impair digestion. Now, I'm not saying like a small side salad, but I'm saying like uh, oftentimes women are eating huge salads. They're putting greens in their eggs and greens in their smoothies and just greens, 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 greens. And it's like, this, like your body's not getting very much energy or nutrients from that, but it's still having to expend energy on digesting it or pushing it through your bowels. And then it's feeding the bacteria in your bowels, but it's not actually feeding you anything. So it's Mm -hmm. filling you up, but it's not actually giving you anything in return. Whereas a lot of these animal foods are really providing a lot of nutrients that have already been digested, detoxified absorbed and assimilated so you just can digest and absorb them really quickly and use those nutrients
1: Mm, I think too like people like they just go to the extremes and go oh you can never eat salad but it's like have the salad like my sister makes this amazing salad they're all coming over on Saturday and we'll just have a big barbecue and mum will make potato bake and Craig's Mm mum will bring dessert and then she makes this really nice salad which I love and it has um, what does it have in it rocket basil Mm -hmm. Um, feta cheese, red onion, black olives, and then she drizzles lots of olive oil and salt and lemon juice. And it's just so really nice to have, like, you have this little side salad and then you have the meat and your potatoes, Um, you know, like, have the salad, but just don't make the salad the main part of the dish with no protein and, you know, like, yeah, I think people just, it's these, I mean, obviously, like, we get some clients who've got pretty, they really, really stressed and stressed digestion so for some some of them they're like they're just better off taking it out to start with and over time as things get better they put it back in but right. I think like have the salad you know if yeah. you like that nice side salad have it on the side but has it have it as a side
0: right and it that's I mean if you look at traditional cultures that's what they've always done. All salads, like in kind of like older traditional cooking and traditional cultures, they all are drenched in fat. They're often served with cheese or some type of dairy. And they're often just little sides. They're not the main dish. And that's yeah. the point.
1: <laughs> yeah, they complement the meal. Exactly. But you're right. That post like totally nailed it. And I think I think if women are really honest with themselves, like I think back to why I ate salads because I wanted lots of bulky food that was going to fill me up that had low calories right that's why I-
0: let's also like be real like if you take away the green smoothies and you take away the salads a lot of these women are so restricted that they're like then what do i eat mm. they, they literally there's nothing left mm. because they're restricted so much and they don't even see it that way
1: mm. yeah it is it's real crazy. it's really crazy hey it's such a it's such an amazing journey, this whole journey. Like there's so much more to it than, the, than just the food. And actually talk about, um, Jess, you know, back to the emotional stuff, like the tapping sessions because I think, you know, I told you how I've done one and you were talking about the lady that you use and you're like, yeah, go, go message her, you know, talk about if you want to that side of it and something <laughs> that might help women if they're really struggling emotionally with these roadblocks.
0: Yeah. So I think like, uh, some people will say like, well, I don't have emotional stress, but to define what I'm talking about, emotional stress is sometimes I like to nail it more as behaviors. So do you have behaviors that stress you out? or behaviors that you are doing that you feel like are holding you back and you, for whatever reason, can't stop doing those behaviors. And Mm -hmm. you don't know why you do them. Like, why am I this way type, (laughs) type feeling? Um, Or are you doing things and then you're like, oh man, and feeling guilty and ashamed or, you know, angry after you do those things and you can't stop doing them. That is often driven by trauma or emotional stress. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of Times, you know, we kind of, I like to say, like, we're kind of trauma collectors, especially as children. Children are just so sensitive to their environment. And a lot of people think of trauma as like these really big events that are like, oh, you know, people had abusive parents or abusive teachers or things like that. But a lot of times, traumas are actually very, a lot smaller than that. And they're still trauma because trauma can be defined as anything. That causes your nervous system to feel pain. And what I mean by pain is like the feeling of um, being unsafe because, you know, rejection um, or um, having to fight for your life or having to defend yourself as a child, um, that would mean death a long time ago. <laughs> you, mm. you couldn't be rejected by your parents or you wouldn't survive. And so a lot of us kind of collect just little tiny over our lifetime that really do affect our behavior. And a lot of times some signs of trauma are gonna be like overachieving, over over anything. So overcompensating, over apologizing. You can pretty much think of anything as that's over blank is going to be uh, oftentimes trauma, uh, <laughs> trauma-informed trauma behaviors or trauma-driven behaviors. And so a lot of times these are things that are we don't really realize are holding us back. They're feelings that are kind of being held inside of us. And we're just kind of doing anything we can to numb those feelings or to distract from those feelings. And when those feelings come up, we often are very uncomfortable. And so we try to push them back down, but no, we want them to get out and we want to be comfortable with dealing with those feelings. And we want to dig down to the root of the, why we're doing these specific behaviors. And that's a part of healing. And so, um, I really encourage my clients and I encourage a lot of people into like either holistic therapy, the trauma informed therapists that, um, do like holistic type styles or emotional freedom technique, which is the tapping. Um, Mm -hmm. there are like life coaches out there that also do EFT, but you're looking for people that are uh, trauma informed. So they're looking at the whys behind the behaviors and looking at, And looking at helping you get to the bottom of why you're doing what you're doing and helping you feel what you're feeling so you can start to pinpoint, oh, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing and I don't need to do that anymore because I'm safe, I'm cared for, my nervous system doesn't need to protect me from those problems anymore. And I think that's a big missing piece for a lot of women who just feel like they're constantly like, Oh man, I like missed my meals today. Or like, I can't for for the life of me prep meals, or I can't for the life of me, like cook for myself or whatever it might be. Um, sometimes it's just limiting beliefs. Like I can't cook or I can't do this, or I can't learn something new. Well, is there somebody that told you that when you were five years old, you know, so it's really important to remember that we can change, we can shift our behavior and we aren't stuck. There is a way out.
1: Mm, Yeah. I think, yeah, I see it so much with women too. You know, they're doing everything right, but there's can be, or they're either struggling to be consistent or they're doing everything right. And they're still not getting to where they want to be. And like, they just, like you say, have to maybe dig a bit deeper and do this emotion, which it's just hard. And yeah, that's the hardest part.
0: Honestly, the nutrition is easy <laughs> compared
1: totally. to that. It's so easy. Like eat the food, <laughs> prep the food, eat the food, do the training, whatever the training is, you know, sleep gets sun. you know, but it's, yeah, I agree. It's the, it's the hardest bit. It's the right. most confronting.
0: Yep. It is. Absolutely. And yeah, if those things are feeling overwhelming, um, that's one of those overs that I was talking about.
1: <laughs> and Jess is actually, we were just talking before she's working on a new course, which sounds really exciting. Do you just want to talk a bit about that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm in the early stages of just planning for, um, more of a gut digestion based course that really dives into the nervous system. Since most of our nervous system is housed in our gut and talking about a a lot of the emotional wise behind not just our gut issues, but also our behaviors and, um, you know, the roadblocks to implementing nourishment or pro-metabolic eating and why sometimes we're having a hard time making progress so really kind of hitting those aspects of gut digestion and then digging deeper into those because I think a lot of people are like well I can't eat this because I have SIBO or I can't eat this because I have a dairy allergy or sensitivity Mm. and
1: sometimes it's a lot deeper than that so Mm. that's kind of like the beginning stages of what I'm working on right now. I think that'll be amazing you know I think so many women will benefit from that yeah I'm excited about it for sure, yeah. and you were saying March next year, you're thinking,
0: yeah, sometimes like early next year, my goal is is the first quarter, but I try to just like let it let it be,
1: yeah, yeah. not set this specific goal, <laughs> just
0: build it Kitty out were, me and Kitty were talking about specific goals
1: <laughs> she likes she likes a hard date, oh God see, listen to me, I'm already doing it, yeah, it's like yeah, we were yeah, I'm gonna talk to her, uh. EFT, not EFT, lady. her lady? Yeah, yeah I'm like,
0: oh, this, this <laughs> ASAP. This. Do it. I think I need this. Yeah. <laughs> <Just kidding.
1: laughs> oh, that's really good. And she got engaged and just got engaged, which some of you yes. might already know. If, if she's talked about it on, so which is so uh, exciting. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited. Mm. it's definitely yeah it's it's definitely like I was I was waiting for it and I'm so excited
1: the ring is so beautiful obviously you can't see the ring because we're doing the podcast but yeah gorgeous I was like oh did you pick it and she's like yes, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that I, I he knows me too well <laughs> me and Kitty were talking about
1: control <laughs> well you gotta wear that shit for the rest of your life you know like right and it's a decent right. chunk of money too you want to I don't think that's unreasonable no I I picked mine too I'd say lots of women do don't you reckon yeah I would hope so because like I would hate to have to fake that I liked something that I didn't oh I know (laughs) especially when someone spent that amount of money as well you know like
0: yeah and like men like men think in a different way like men are always like um oh yeah it's nice you know, that, that's like the, that's, that's like the summary of their thoughts. Whereas a woman's like, will it go with this? Will it, it doesn't fit my style. How will it, how it feel while I'm wearing it? Like they think through everything and a man's like, yeah, that's nice. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Let's get it. <laughs> So like, I'm I'm sorry, but I don't want someone that thinks that way to make a, a lifelong decision for me. I
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. yeah, hopefully you're going to wear it for the rest of your life. You know, like exactly. I've like been divorced before. Yeah, It's <laughs> really like yeah, fine. Okay. <laughs> sure fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that was so awesome, Jess. Thank you so much for coming um, on again. I know we sort of, that's just how my brain works. It's all these million things that I think of and think, oh, huh. but there's so many things that we could talk about.
0: Yeah, thank you, you for know. having me. Yeah,
1: I just, just want women, you know, to be free and enjoy food again and, like, this really it, this is it, you know, I, I, I believe like, um, I think probably one of the things that maybe we can just quickly say, just talk about this quickly before we finish is about yeah. pro-metabolic eating. It's not a diet. No. Why is it not a diet?
0: I mean, really? Cause it's, it's a long game. Like you're playing the long game, you're consistent, but Diets usually give you instantaneous results, but they give you long-term pain. Whereas Mm -hmm. pro-metabolic often requires a lot of work up front, doesn't give you instantaneous results. It often actually uncovers a lot of junk that needs to come up for a couple of months um, before you start really making progress and seeing the progress. But it's it's um a little bit of pain for a lifetime of results. So Mm -hmm. they're swapped. And um, it's really just about nourishing the body on the cellular level. That's that's the goal. Whereas a diet is just about a loss of something or a quick fix or a quick goal or whatever that might be, which mm-hmm. does nothing for your future.
1: I think too, because I get a lot of questions, like and I think because people get confused, maybe they get confused. I don't know, they're like, oh like they, they they, want hard and fast rules around food. Like, you know, yeah, like yeah. obviously like in your course and my course too, like we have a food list that guides people, like general recommendations, but then certain people will have better tolerances for things, you know, like even myself personally, maybe you can talk about yourself. Like I just love yeah. sourdough bread, but if I eat a lot of sourdough bread every day, I just, my poos aren't as good. You know, yeah. it makes me a bit gassy. I feel, and I don't know how to articulate this, but I just, I feel feel not as optimized like I feel a little bit puffy I feel yeah I just don't like when I eat more fruits and potatoes and you know, rice makes me really farty. like I can eat a certain amount of white rice and then if I eat too much I just get really gassy and so mm-hmm. I just sort of stick to the foods that make me really feel good and digest well and then I'll have sourdough maybe like every second day or will have it three times a week you know
0: right you uh, kind of like find your rhythm almost yeah. where like you don't need to overthink it you're just like yeah, yeah yesterday so I'm probably gonna like just potatoes today. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like it's not like an over it's not like you're overthinking it or like making a rule around it like oh I can't have sourdough because I don't feel good. It's just more mm-hmm. like I just want to feel my best and so today I'm gonna pick a different carb. Mm. but yeah, people do need hard and fast rules around. Well, I don't want to say they need it. They think they need it, Mm. but in reality, they need to heal their relationship with food and they need to heal their relationship with their body. Because again, that goes back to the control that we talked about Mm. is when you feel out of control, telling yourself you're only allowed to do this, right. Mm. It can make you feel in control. And, um, it gives, it's a false sense of control. It really is a false sense of control, but It's control nonetheless. Whereas as you actually do the work and you really work to heal your relationship with your food and your body, you can actually start to trust your body again. And you can actually start to um, have all these horizons opened up to you. But I think a lot of these people don't trust themselves with food or trust their bodies with food because they've been in this, such a restrict binge cycle for so long. And then they've been told that it's because they don't have the you know, they don't have the mental power, the mental capacity to handle mm. food, or they're addicted to sugar, you know? And so they think like, oh, I have to avoid these things at all costs. Cause I don't want to be an addict. Mm. I don't want to, I don't want to be out of control around food. Like how is sh- how shameful, you know, like I want to be disciplined. And so it's important to just remember that, sometimes that need for like that food list or these like yes or no foods is actually like a deeper issue within we have to deal with our relationship with food and our relationship with, um, our body. But usually that just takes work. And as you start to see, like you start to get the right amount of calories, the right amounts of foods, the right types of foods, you stop craving so much, you stop that binge cycle and, Oh magically you no longer need all this like all these rules around food you naturally have a rhythm that you've found works for you
1: Mm, and I think too like some people just are able to tolerate like more grains and more starches and more you know like we've got clients in our program that can eat soaked oats and you know like sourdough bread every day and there's others that really do much better just on like fruits and root vegetables or just a couple you know like it's just finding I guess what yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that boils down to genetics too. Like that Mm -hmm. specifically, especially like food tolerance, as long as your gut health, you've like really optimized your gut health. Usually Mm -hmm. people that have like less digestive capacity, you have obviously seen this. They Mm -hmm. don't tolerate grains as much. Like it'll just constipate them, make them feel really tired and sleepy. But then as they get better gut health, they have a little higher tolerance, but there are certain people that just do better with just roots and fruits. Mm -hmm. And then there are certain people that actually do need more grains. Like Mm -hmm. i I have worked with clients that actually do not, don't really ever feel satisfied with just fruits and roots, root vegetables, they mm. need grains, um, and they actually need the grains to lose
1: weight. So mm. everyone's a little bit different. Mm. I think like you say, like some days I wake up and think, oh fuck, I really feel like a slice of sourdough with my eggs. Yeah. Today, you know, like I just have this weird, like I just really want it and then I have it. Then yeah. like today I woke up, I was like, I just feel like a nice big bowl of fruit with cheesy eggs. Right. You know, right. it's just this, yeah, like getting, like you say, trusting your body and, um, yeah, like not going yeah. off.
0: You get more in tune. Like yeah. you're in a rhythm. You don't, you can trust yourself. You're more in tune. Like it it all is kind of comes together and you don't have to mm. overthink it
1: anymore. Mm. Mm. It's It's really hard to try and explain it to people. Hey, like. Some yeah. people I think will listen to this and go, Oh, well, how, how do you get there? Like how, I think you've just got to eat the food and experiment too. Yeah. You'll
0: get there. You will yeah. get there. <laughs> it yeah. just takes time. And when you're constantly trying to hyper control everything, mm. constantly trying to stick to a food list, you're not going to get there because you're holding yourself back from getting there. Mm. Um, remember like X ex- when, like, for example, when we're kids, we, we, We'll touch a hot stove and then we're like, oh, we got burned. And so we had to get burned in order to learn not to touch the hot stove. And then we'd walk over here and we, you know, climb up the stairs and then we would crawl on something and then we fell and we hit our head and we're like, oh, never doing that again. That's how you learn about nutrition as well. Like you can't learn if you, that you don't do well with sourdough until you eat sourdough every day. And you're like, "Ah, you know what? I'm not feeling that great from eating sourdough every day. Let me try it every other day. Mm. And then you're like, ah, I feel a little better like that, but let me try it like every three days. And they're like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better doing that way. Mm. But like, you wouldn't have never known that if you didn't let yourself eat sourdough every day. (laughs) And it's the same thing with just anything in life. If you're trying to so hyper control it, and not experience anything quote-unquote bad then you're mm. never going to learn what not to do and what to do because really what to do is learning what not to do
1: yeah that's so true like a lot of clients I see them they'll be they'll, they'll you know like come I in, they make all these changes. like oh I'm feeling so good and then I don't know something happens and they have some drinks and then they're like oh I went out and ate some KFC and then the next day they're like oh I just felt so rubbish And they realize they're like, oh, just the drinking and that eating that shit food, like it's just, I don't want to feel like that again. And it's a good reminder, you know, like you say, you've got to do the things that make you feel shit to realize that you don't want to do them all the time anymore.
0: Exactly. And instead of having the mindset of like, oh man, everything's gone to shit, I'm just going to binge for a couple of days. Or have the mindset of like, oh my gosh, now I have to live off of salads for the next three days. You just, you learned, you learned your lesson and you moved on.
1: Yeah, I can't stress that enough too. Like I really feel like that helped me break that cycle too. is going, it's not this all or nothing mentality. Right. Like you say, if that happens, just keep eating the normal food again. You don't need to like drastically cut your calories. Like I used to do stupid shit. Like I'd eat only protein the next day. Right. (laughs) what the
0: fuck <laughs> and it's like what like why <laughs>
1: but your mind, in your mind that made classroom. up for it oh it was so bad i just like I remember eating the kangaroo I just eat kangaroo and chicken and fish and I just can't eat kangaroo anymore I just when I was dieting you know ate so much kangaroo because it was so is, lean is it
0: really lean okay I was wondering it's really
1: lean but it's very gamey you know mm. like oh ugh, I just can't <laughs> even do it <laughs> oh
0: you, you know you love you learn
1: yeah that's exactly right oh sorry we sort of went to wrap it up and then of course I went off on another tangent but we will wrap it up this time we probably it's you know we started talking at nine it's two and a half hours like sorry <laughs> Um, I'll put the link to Jess's Instagram below and her website so you can check her out. You should absolutely follow her. Like go to her YouTube channel actually and subscribe. She's every week you release a video, right?
0: Yeah, just yeah, about every pretty week. Pretty
1: much, roughly, yeah. yeah. But really, they're just so really great videos, really great content. Um you know, it'll really, I think, help shift the mindset around this if you if you're struggling and just keep keep trying, you know, like you'll get there, I think eventually
0: yeah Yep. yeah we did it you could it. just never give up <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right that's exactly right awesome well thanks so much jess and i'm sure thank we'll have you, so you on um the podcast again to talk about maybe when you do your gut health of course yeah we can get you I on the podcast that. we can talk about that yeah. and then we can put the link in for people to and the mindset stuff yeah absolutely thank you so much for having me kitty thanks so much jess bye